Welcome back to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I believe that if you can connect with the best, you can become the best. So after creating 800 podcast episodes about building your network, I've come to realize that networking is really just making friends. If you're doing it the right way, anyway. Join me as I make friends with world-class athletes like Shaquille O'Neal, entertainers like Rob Deerdeck, authors like Dr. Nicole LaPera, former presidents like Vicente Fox, or even the occasional FBI hostage negotiator, billionaire real estate mogul, or polarizing political figure. So if you want to make more friends that help you become a better version of yourself, then subscribe to the show and keep on listening because this is Travis Makes Friends. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another Freestyle Friday just want to get you guys caught up a little bit on what's been going on in my world. My 31st birthday was a few days ago and had some friends come out to Vegas. The nice thing about living in Vegas is that if you don't want to travel somewhere, but you still want to have a good time, you can always do that right in your backyard. So my parents watched the kids. We actually got a hotel at the Cos- hotel room at the Cosmo on the strip for the night and happened to be that one of my favorite comedians, Tom Segura, was in town, and he was playing the Cosmo. So we stayed at the Cosmo. We went and watched Tom Segura, sat in the front row, which isn't cheap, by the way, which, hey, good for you, Tom. Good for you. You have earned the right to charge a lot of money to go see you perform stand-up. It was worth it. Kirk Fox came up as an opener, and he was hilarious. If you don't know who that is, he's the guy that works the sewage department on Parks and Rec, which is one of my favorite sitcoms, and uh, he crushes that role. He's in a few other things as well, but he... It's probably most known for that, but his standup was great. I thought it, I thought it was hilarious. He was just working out some material, did like 15, 20 minutes as an opener, and then Segura came out and crushed it. And what was wild to me about Tom Segura too is that he just came out with a special, like, I don't know, maybe a month ago. And all of the material that he did like live in front of us, which was a full hour, I think a little bit over an hour actually, was all brand new stuff that I'd never heard before, which just is a testament to how much of a professional he is and how good he is at continually writing jokes, working through material, giving punchlines, telling stories. He's just constantly improving, and I just respect the hell of anybody who does that and happen to really like his stand-up as well. And I got to say, sitting there in the audience, it was kind of weird because I've gone through such a transformation myself personally in terms of my own values, my morals, the system by which I make decisions in life. Everything's completely changed. If you don't know, you know, everything about my background, I grew up super cultish and now I'm not anymore. That's the short form of the story. And it was funny sitting there because there was a lot of jokes that he would tell that 10 years ago, me would have been so offended at. It would have been like kind of sitting there with that, you know, kind of pit to your stomach feeling that, that you feel when you're being offended and everybody else is laughing. And that's one of the reasons why I have grown, I think, to like comedy so much because comedy honestly really helped me form some of the beliefs that I have now. And I don't mean that in a light way. I did a lot of other research beyond just watching comedy and Family Guy and South Park to form my opinions. But it was always a tell for me because whenever you have, and I was talking a little bit about this with Nikki Howard in our podcast interview together because she does a lot of comedy. We're talking about how like woke comics kind of seems like a counterintuitive thing and shouldn't shouldn't exist and all this other stuff. Christians, atheists, everybody. They make fun of everybody. Nothing's off limits. No. And to me, that's like pure comedy. Yes. Because it really comedy is. should actually be somewhat philosophical and yeah. get people to think about things. Yes. You know what I mean? Like when you have a visceral reaction to something that's said in a, a stand-up routine yeah. or a sitcom or animated show like that, you know, like it 
genuinely makes you kind of question yourself and ask yeah. you like, why am I so like offended to my core about this? Right. Is it really that big of a deal? Yes. What am I thinking? You yeah. Know I mean? Or when people just put it in a light that's like, oh, I do do that. Like we, even yeah. the stereotypes is just like people laugh if you're making fun of that. Look at Sebastian Maniscalco, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. talking about his Italian family. That crowd is all Italian. And then he's just talking about the stereotypes of his people. Right. And it's people love it because they want to feel like a community. And mm-hmm. I mean, granted, there's the other side of the coin where like people get, a, I just, I don't know. It's, it takes a lot to offend me. <laughs> I, just, well, I, I think you can't be in comedy if yeah you that's, some, that's you know, true apparently can, now you can i don't know there's like a whole lane of that's fair like the woke uh, comics sure sure which i've never seen I, I don't i just don't understand it i feel like that's a contradiction a woke comic yeah right yeah right just, how do you push the envelope if you're worried about what people are thinking i don't know yeah, it is scary though one. now just even like especially to, when you see the, the people that like flip like uh like you see like a kimmel Right. He used to do whatever he wanted to do. And then it was like, all of a sudden it was like, oh, I'm like religiously following this particular vein now. Yeah. It's like, man. No, it's <laughs> like, society. It's like everybody, especially when you're like, when you have bosses, I'm sure, where right. it's like, you have to, you can't do this. You can't do this because we need the ratings. Blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Look at SNL. Right. Like, what happened to SNL? I'm like, oh, Jesus man. Christ. Yeah. What yeah. happened? A fall from glory is what oh, happened. Oh my God, yeah. you guys. Yeah. This used to be something. Right. I don't like when I feel like something's being forced on me. Yes. It's like, if I wanted to watch this, I would just go actively seek it out. But I'm right. here for comedy. And now I feel like you're pushing your agenda. I don't care what <laughs> exactly. the agenda is. I feel like you're pushing something on me that right. I don't want to buy. Right. I just, I just want to laugh. And so we're talking a little bit about this. And I was just like, eventually got to the point where I was like, if I'm having this like just this visceral, real, physical reaction to something that someone else said. Why is that happening? What is the root cause of why I feel this way on the inside just from somebody else's words? And whose responsibility is it to ensure that that feeling goes away or doesn't exist or didn't happen in the first place. And at the end of the day, I've come to the conclusion that I'm responsible for my words, I'm responsible for my feelings, and I'm responsible for my reactions. And what other people say shouldn't have anything to do with those things. And I know I'm not perfect at it, and I know that I probably still have a lot of work to do in that area, but I do feel like I've improved tremendously over the years because now like, even if something kind of offends me, I can at least still see the comedy behind it or get the spirit behind it in a lot of senses. And and it's honestly just really helped me grow my maturity level as a human and helped me, I guess, like be willing to have more conversations with people with whom I maybe wouldn't have before. There's so many things that make comedy to me such a good use of time. And I, it got me thinking about this sketch that I heard, this bit that I heard from Daniel Tosh when I was a lot younger, probably around eight to 10 years ago. And Daniel Tosh, you know, had a, had a pretty good rise because he had Tosh.0 on like Comedy Central or something. I forget the exact channel that it was on, but he had Tosh.0 and so some of, his, some of his stand-up was making, you know, making waves and everything. And this was at a time in my life where I was offended at a lot of stuff. Like even just the mention of the F word would have like made me upset or gotten a physical or, or visceral kind of reaction in my gut. And I remember he told some off-color joke, you know, makes me sound like I'm a 65-year-old but it's an off-color joke. He told a joke that was, you know, dirty or said the F word or was, you know, something something that ruffled some feathers and it ruffled my feathers. And then right after that, he followed it up with this thing about, he's like, he was saying something about like how to know if, you, he was like, this is exactly how to know if you and I would get along. 
He's like, if you have ever said something along the lines of, you, you can't make fun of that, or, or there's nothing funny about blah, blah, blah. And he was like, then just know we are not going to be friends because I think that there's something funny about everything. And then I had this conversation with Dane Cook on the podcast as well. And he was kind of talking about the same thing. And he, and I, I appreciated his perspective because he didn't come out and say like, we should be able to say whatever we want with no consequences or whatever. He had a thoughtful response to it, which is like, this episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you. That work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Anything can be laughed at, and everybody in the audience is at a different stage when it comes to their ability to laugh at that thing. And if you are not at that stage where you can laugh at that thing yet, but you're going to require everybody else falls in line with your standard of whether or not we should be willing to laugh at that thing, then you're taking away joy and laughter and understanding and camaraderie and community from a bunch of other people who were ready to laugh at that thing. And it's not up to you to decide whether or not they can laugh at something that offends you. When you go into a club and you can vibe somebody, you know there's no malice. You know it in that yeah. room. Mm -hmm. So they can say something that may be out of bounds or whatever, and you can understand there's no evildoers in here. But if you film that and take that excerpt or you take it out of a special mm -hmm. and you don't have anything around it context and you throw it in front of people that are non-fans of that topic, that excerpt suddenly makes you a target, right? right? And then they want to squash you or cancel you or whatever it might be. So I feel like to be able to walk into a club or a theater and see somebody speak their mind and be adult enough to know if this person talks about death, mm -hmm. okay, I've been through it. I went through some real rough shit in my life. I, I understand cancer. Mm -hmm. I understand there's nothing funny about cancer, but I also know 
I'm ready to laugh at certain things so that cancer doesn't suddenly close me off for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. You know, a great comedy show should incite the idea of these bad things, they didn't do it. They're happening anyway. They don't hold They already power. happened, and they're mm -hmm. going to continue to happen. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that any of us in this room can do is laugh at the moment because we are born into a life of constant tragedy and constant upheaval yeah. and constant distraction. So it's so strange to be like, who's being so precious about these things, even though you're maybe not ready for death? You're not ready to laugh at that. Yeah. Walk out of the room, leave, take off. Yeah. But to say, man, you offended me personally and therefore you must go away. Yeah, that means you're not you, allowed You're to hurting all the other people that were ready to laugh at that moment. Yeah. All the people that were helped by that moment. How fucking selfish of right. you Everybody to be the person to say- to how I feel exactly. about this. Yeah. It's so capsizingly ridiculous. Damaging. Damaging. So, yeah, and yeah. I continue to do just stress to comics coming up when they go- I'm nervous to say what's on my mind. I say this. Listen, is it your truth? Did the weird thing with the words that you're not supposed to say happen to you? Yeah. Fucking tell the story. Mm. That's your story. That's your truth. It comes with words and actions that happen to you. Did you do the story? Did the story happen to you? Are you firsthand? Did it happen to the person that you love? You can talk about all that. Yeah. Are you making it up about that person because they look different? Don't do that. Mm. You shouldn't. Mm. I still won't tell you personally you shouldn't. You're going to learn that on your own. Sure. But that kind of ignorance to tell a story that isn't yours to tell, that is the place in stand-up that I feel like there's the the weakness mm. that probably then circumvents into harming other comics. The era of just talking about somebody else's way of life and you know nothing about it, it really doesn't make sense. Sure. It really sure. probably never has, and it is ignorant. The whole conversation just got me thinking a lot more about why I am such an advocate for free speech. And, and I know that there are some damaging people out there, and I know that there are some just, I mean, for lack of a better word, there are just some assholes in the world. And it's kind of just the tax of having a social life. It's like if you intend on getting to know other people, you, you got to pay an asshole tax, which means you're going to come across some, some, some assholes in life. That's kind of just part of the deal. And if you don't go out and try to you know, build relationships with any of those people because you're afraid of meeting assholes, then you're never going to meet any of the good people in life, the people that are your people, the people that have your back, the people that w will laugh with you at, you know, at whatever. It's just, you're not going to find that camaraderie in your community if you're always so afraid of going out and meeting people because you don't want to run into an asshole or two. And the point is, when it comes to the free speech thing, it's just, of course, there's going to be, be people that take advantage of that. But at the end of the day, it is not my responsibility to stop anybody else from voicing their opinion. It's my responsibility to make myself a more rounded human being so that I can make sure that whatever they're saying is not enough to influence me one way or the other. It's not enough to piss me off to the point where I do something stupid, or it's not enough to persuade me to believe something that's utter nonsense because it's not their responsibility to give me the correct information, it's my responsibility to disseminate the information and come up with, an, with a correct idea based on the information that I receive. And if you're always so worried about what everybody else is saying and you're always trying to silence everybody else, not only is it not going to work at all because there's too many fucking people in the world that you're never going to be able to control what's being said by whom. And frankly, it's not a society that I would want to fucking be in. 
I don't want to be in a society. I don't want to live in a world where someone else is gets to control what everybody else is saying because who decides? I just think that that is a recipe for disaster. So not only will it not work, but it'll only make you more upset because you can't control what everybody else does. You can't control what everybody else thinks. You can't control what everybody else says. You can't control what other people's beliefs and opinions are. It is completely outside of the realm of your control. And if you only ever focus on things you can't control, then you will only spiral into a pit of frustration and anger and despair and stress and anxiety. And that's why we have these kids that are on these college campuses that are being fueled with anger and frustration over stuff that other people are saying. When all they have to do is just go, oh yeah, so-and-so is on campus today. Yeah, I'm not going because I don't like that person and I don't think their opinions are valid. That's it. That's all you got to do. But instead you go like protest and start fights and throw shit at people because you're throwing a fit and a temper tantrum that somebody else is saying something that you disagree with. Welcome to adulthood. If you can't figure out how to deal with that, you are not going to do well in this world. So all that to say, catching up on what I'm doing is just going to comedy, hanging out with some friends. I've been to a couple comedy shows recently. Got to go watch Dane Cook before our interview. Watched uh, Tom Segura. And it just got me thinking a lot about like the value of, of free speech, the value of the ability to express your opinion, the value of exploring new topics and being willing to say things that are somewhat controversial or share your opinion or share a story that happened that might ruffle some feathers. And I'm just such a big fan of it, you know, because correct ideas come from interaction with incorrect ideas. And if you're always so worried about what those ideas are and you never let them come across any other ideas, then how do you know your ideas are even correct? And if you think that they're the truth, then why are you so afraid of letting them interact with other ideas? Because if they're correct, they should be the ones coming out on top anyway. So anyway, just a little bit to say, you know, lighten up. Don't be so easily offended. And if you are, the hard truth is it's probably not anybody else's fault except for yours. So thanks for tuning in this episode of Freestyle Friday. Go watch some comedy. Go watch some people that piss you off. Go uh, express an opinion to somebody else and see what happens. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you guys next time. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for spending some time with me and my friends. If you want to be better friends with me, then head over to travischapel.com slash team to subscribe to my free newsletter, Your Friend Travis, where I share what's on my mind about life, building a business, raising kids, being married, and anything else I would normally share with my close circle of friends. That's travischapel.com slash team. And my biggest ask of you since I'm sharing my friends with you is to share this episode with a friend of yours that hasn't listened to the show yet. Then leave us a quick five-star rating in Apple Podcasts and in Spotify. It would mean the world to us as it helps us make sure that this show continues to be more valuable to you. Thanks in advance, and I'll catch you on the next episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.